You're listening to Metal Matters, the official weekly Gimme Metal podcast. Staying in line with the Halloween theme of the last episode, in which we had Mr. London May as a guest, uh, I'm meeting up with, uh, with Jacob Kerwin of All Hell, a band that I have a lot of respect for and I'm a huge fan of, and they fall right in line with the Halloween season. So uh, thanks for joining us uh, this evening, Jacob. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, good to, good to be here. So this is going to be another one of these deep cuts episodes where uh, I, I think these are a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun with these lately where I'll just come up with five songs, uh, turn people on to stuff they might not be familiar with. Uh, and I don't know, it's just interesting, especially with a band that you like, like, you know, like I like All Hell quite a bit. And uh, it's, it's cool to see what what you guys like or what you specifically, what songs you reach for. So that's kind of the uh, the whole intent of episodes like this. So in uh, in light of everything that's going on, uh, how have you guys been doing? Has uh, you know you guys been doing anything at all during this pandemic? Uh, I mean, we've been doing about as well as we can, all things considered. Um, kind of like everyone else, I guess. We've been more hunkered down, just trying to ride it out and see when you know, touring and shows are a thing again, which who knows, even at this point, um, mostly just been writing a lot, which I guess is <laughs> probably the same thing that everyone else is doing right now. But yeah, mostly writing, work, working on new stuff. Yeah. That's it. This is like for, for me personally, I like, I like the fall for writing, man. I don't know. There's something about when the seasons change and, you know, maybe it's yeah. me, uh, you know, someone who always romanticizes this time of year. Um, you know, I always make a big deal about October and November, and uh, yeah, you know, for this sure. whole season. So, so that's good. So now for this um, this playlist we got, I'm going to let you take over. Uh, you know, we got give us an idea like what we're going to be listening to. So, what's the lead off track here? Sure. So the first track is Halloween Two, the Misfits version, which. Uh, Obviously, I like both the, I'm a huge Samhain fan as well, but I went with this one because it's one I probably listen to less, but it's the one that I heard first when I was growing up, and I still think it has a really cool, like, it's got a different vibe than the, the Samhain cut, and I, I really like it. It's really death rocky and eerie. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it's interesting comparing the two tracks, you know what I mean? Like the Samhain yeah, track. It, you, you you think of Samhain as more like having a more tribal feel, I guess, but this, the Misfits cut of this song to me feels more like this weird, like rolling dark tribal thing. Whereas the, the Samhain one is a little more abrasive. Oh, 
funny about uh, that song is when I first um, heard this, you know, which, whichever one I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard the, the Misfits version first when I saw Halloween 2 I was thinking about the movie Halloween 2 does that make any sense at yeah. all? <laughs> yeah 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 I always thought that was weird it's like uh, you know Halloween 2 instead of uh, just Halloween <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you are you a fan of those films? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the first Halloween is it's right up there with The Shining as my my favorite. Those are my two favorite uh, horror movies. When I listen to All Hell, I definitely get uh, a flavor of uh, what you guys are into. Uh, you know, definitely Misfits, definitely Venom. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and and so what specifically about the misfits do you like and how has that inspired the kind of music you make man it's 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 kind of hard to grasp exactly what it is about the misfits because the misfits are my favorite band but i'm not a huge i'm not a huge punk fan you know i like some stuff but you know my record collection is there's not much punk in it um but there's just something about that band that was just hard to uh hard to describe really uh they really reach beyond genre constraints i guess uh i guess a lot of that has to do with glenn's voice and how damn good a lot of the vocals on a lot of those songs are um and then obviously you know growing up as a kid cool spooky subject matter doesn't doesn't hurt and neither do uh really catchy memorable choruses yeah, that was the first thing that jumped out at me was uh, was Danzig's voice because I remember hearing about the Misfits before I actually heard them because of Metallica. Actually, right. you know, I would yeah, I, would, uh, I was a big Metallica fan, and I always saw like the T-shirts, yeah. and I thought that imagery was like 
pretty striking and i was like wow this yeah i bet, I bet this band is like super extreme i bet they're like you know fast like right. brutal like thrash and uh yeah. Le legacy of brutality was the first record i heard by them and i was like totally not exactly not at all what i expected but uh <laughs> yeah you know but but it resonated with me because I, I was a huge fan of like roy orbison and and there was a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that was going on like like punk music, like uh, bands like X and things like that, which I really enjoyed, yeah. like the Cramps, and they right. had like a, a similar, like a like American like rock kind of vibe to them, like a like a rockabilly yeah. kind of thing, Elvis kind of thing. Yeah, there's like the whole like Elvisy like '50s film aspect to them that's pretty unique. All right, so let's see. Uh, what do we got next here on the list? Oh, we got uh, Son of Sam, which is um, a band that a lot of people might not know about. So let's uh, let's check that out. We got Son of Sam with In the Hills. <laughs> is a pretty lesser lesser well-known band um i want to say that that record came out in like 2003 maybe 2000 between 2002 and 2004 i think one of those years is when it came out um i think they did another one since then with a different lineup but that album especially uh songs from the earth is really good and really you know uh a lot of the people who played in Samhain at various points were involved with the project 
And I think it captures kind of the, the Samhain feel better than anything else outside of, you know, actual Samhain. And I think it's pretty cool that uh, one or two of the tracks, they actually got Glenn to play piano on, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. I, di- I didn't realize that. And uh, Yeah. That's pretty cool. I imagine Glenn Danzig is probably a hard guy to get to uh, guest on your record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Also, this features yeah, uh, the late Todd Youth, you know, who uh, yeah. passed away a few years ago. Yeah, just recently. You know, it's funny to think about and, uh, uh, all the different eras of Danzig's band, you know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. different players and like the Todd Youth era and, you know, Tommy Victor being in the band. Because I, for me, it's always the first, um, I would say, up until maybe Danzig 4 is like the primo right. Danzig records in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty pretty common opinion. <laughs> it's kind of like kind of like Metallica first four are are what people usually consider to be the best, I would say. But then again, you got some of these diehard Metallica fans that um you know, they're they're all about like like the later records too. Like people have argued to me right. that some of the later records are actually good. I mean, maybe maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I don't know. I'm such a big mark for Danzig that, uh, like, I think there's good stuff on all the records. But I would I would also agree that the first the first four are probably the best. Um, I kind of go in between one and four being my personal favorites as far as his you know solo stuff goes. But yeah. I'm quite uh, partial to uh, how the gods kill, man. That's like, yeah. Uh, in the last like couple of years, I find myself listening to that record quite a bit. Yeah, it's like the two, two and three are also just solid from from back to front, front to back, whatever. Just great records. All right, so moving right along, we have uh, one of my favorite bands, actually as well uh we have celtic frost with morbid tales
I would be surprised if we did not have a Celtic Frost record on this playlist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, but this that one in particular, uh, I feel like it's obviously a good fit for the season. Uh, very inspired by Weird Tales magazine, obviously, along with you know a lot of the writers that contributed to it. Um, and that's actually one of the ways that I got into Celtic Frost initially was I was, you know, in high school, I was reading a lot of Lovecraft and stuff. And so I started doing research on what, like what bands were influenced, like what bands uh, have lyrics about this kind of stuff. And I, if I remember correctly, that's actually how I got into Celtic Frost. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Which is, which is a really weird way to get into a band, but. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you, are you a fan of like the kind of peripheral, um, you know, writers like uh, Clark Ashton Smith and Robert Block and like, you know, stuff like that or, or just straight up H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. Yeah, no, uh, I have actually been uh, reading a lot of Robert Block recently. Um, Clark Ashton Smith, I've read a little bit of, but I haven't like dug into as much as I need to to really grasp a lot of his stuff. But yeah, like a lot of the the peripheral writers in, in Lovecraft circle are uh, good as well. You know, it's funny. I I got into H.P. Lovecraft by reading uh, Conan. There was um, Robert right, Howard. Yeah, yeah, Robert, like, Robert, yeah. That's a that's another one that I was going to mention. Like Robert Howard's got some awesome horror stories. Well, he has that that character um, Solomon Kane, which is uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, those are all pretty much horror stories. Right. It's just like this crazy Puritan swordsman fighting, you know, werewolves and stuff. It's pretty yeah. awesome. That's yeah, it's some of the best stuff, man. And, and I remember like when I was a kid reading Robert E. Howard, they're just like voraciously going through all of his stories. And then, you know, yeah. Lynn, Lynn Carter also had some some uh, contributions to that world. And yeah, for sure. You know, then like ripping through all the other characters. And then I would read articles and I found out that Lovecraft and Howard were um, were like pen pals. Like there were people who wrote letters yeah. to each other. Yeah, for sure. And like uh, Robert Block also, he was like basically kind of Lovecraft's apprentice almost. Like he was a younger guy and he would, you know, write to Lovecraft for advice and, you know, get feedback on stories and stuff, which is pretty cool. Did you see that documentary? There's a documentary about H.P. Lovecraft that's out there. Um, and uh, I actually, last year, I went to the Salem Horror Festival and uh you yeah. know it, it, the salem horror festival it's a drag that it didn't happen this year man because it's like a month long yeah. just like odyssey for anyone who's into horror or witchcraft or the occult right. or any of that kind of stuff and uh, yeah yeah i've never i've never been but i would really like to man, hopefully things clear up <laughs> yeah man you you got to check it out it's like it's it's definitely worth making the trip and like i remember my my girlfriend and i had made made this whole plan around going for a few days and we had like a hotel room yeah. and, you know and um visited some friends and whatever but you had to select certain activities that you wanted to go to and one of them for sure was this hp lovecraft um documentary and uh they yeah. showed it at a uh this old church and it just oh cool yeah it was like at dusk so it was like dark out and you know it was kind of on the edge of salem and there was like stained glass yeah. and you were sitting in these like literally inside of a church and um yeah it's like the perfect environment 
you know, New England, you know what I mean? So it just had such an yeah. atmosphere, man. It was so cool. And um, I think you could check it out on, on, uh, on Prime, I think, the, uh, the H.P. Lovecraft uh, documentaries there. But, yeah, I learned a lot about it on that, you know, like just things, just like, you know, basic factual stuff, you know. Yeah. Cool. Does, I'll have to uh, check it out. Does that cosmic horror stuff um, influence any of your lyric writing at all? Yeah, for sure it has, um, especially on the the last two records, um, The Grave Alchemist and The Witch's Grail. Um, Grave Alchemist in particular has a lot of Lovecraft-influenced stuff in it. And then uh, Witch's Grail does also, but also a lot of influence from uh, basically the people that influence Lovecraft. Uh, Robert or uh, Arthur Mackin is probably the biggest one. For that record uh but yeah cosmic horror definitely has shown up here and there in all hell's material are you familiar with a, a writer named mark samuels i don't think so oh man that's i i just discovered him uh maybe about a year and a half ago um yeah yeah my buddy rennie turned me on to him he's he's like you know, Randy's like also a big fan of this kind of stuff. And, uh, and he, he gave me a list of writers to check out. And, um, yeah, he's very much in that weird fiction realm, Mark Samuels. Yeah. And, uh, you know, That's highly, cool. I'll have to check him out. Highly recommend him and, you know, Adam Neville, who, um, he wrote that, uh, the novel, which that movie, The Ritual was based on. And, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I can't say enough about Mark. Um, sorry, uh, Adam Neville. I, I've been trying to turn people on to him as much as I can because yeah, I have to check yeah. out some of his stuff. Yeah. Have you Have you read any um, Laird Baron? Yeah, actually, um, uh, Occultation. That's um, the collection. Oh, I think cool. He wrote. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some pro- probably my favorite, like you know, contemporary. Uh, writer of that sort of thing i like how he kind of mixes in a little bit of you know uh hard-boiled pulpy stuff in there and it's also he has his own mythos you know he's not just just writing within lovecraft's world or whatever it's pretty cool yeah it's funny it's only been in the last like five or six years i think that i've even um sought out like more contemporary writers in that realm like I always like stayed yeah. with the originals, like you know August Derleth and you know Clark Ashton yeah, Smith, same. and yeah, but same here, really. There, there was a um, a compilation that came out or an anthology that I read called uh, "Burnt Black Sun," and uh, a mm-hmm. lot of these writers appeared in that, and that's what kind of turned me on to it. Sweet. All right, so next up, we have. Um, in solitude a band that i don't really know that much about i only know a little bit about these guys so this is uh witch's sabbath by in solitude Yeah. 
Yeah, these guys are pretty cool. I saw them uh, a number of years ago when um, when they were on tour with uh, Watain and Behemoth, and uh, but yeah. I just I just yeah. never really dug into their material. So yeah, maybe you can tell. Right. Can, yeah, I, you can you can enlighten me on them. them a little bit. Yeah, I I also saw those guys on that tour a couple times, twice I think, and then once on. Uh, but that that was the Decibel tour, right? Yeah, uh, Devil's Blood was also. I, I think on it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw him once on that, and then I saw him twice before that with uh, Watain also and uh, Tribulation. It's like a year or two before the the Decibel tour, but uh, yeah, I really got into them. They're they're a cool band. Uh, I'm bummed that they're not together anymore. They're cool because uh, they did three records, but they're all quite different from each other like the the song i picked for this one is off the first record and it's got a lot of like iron maiden type harmonies and a little bit of merciful fate vibe going on here and there but uh that song in particular i just you know picked because it really fits with the uh fits with the theme and the season and also it's one of the ones off the first record that they still played live even later in there in their career so yeah they did some really cool stuff and and actually the uh the last record they did sister i think it came out in 2013 uh was sort of a precursor in a lot of ways to a lot of the bringing more goth stuff back into heavy metal which you know it has been here and there forever but recently there's 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 kind of been a boom in the past several years and, it, and i think these guys were a little bit ahead of the curve on that when they released sister but yeah I, really cool band i gotta check that record out then because that's uh you know definitely um yeah yeah i think i think it would be right up your alley probably oh cool yeah yeah it's funny how a lot of i i've been i've always been a big fan of that kind of music like uh you know death rock and yeah kind of goth and all that and i mean one of, one of my favorite all-time bands is uh, Fields of the Nephilim. And, uh, right, yeah. I feel like Fields, though, could be... I mean, in my opinion, Fields of the Nephilim are more like a hard rock band than any of the other, like Bauhaus or Sisters of Mercy or something right. like that. Um, I, I had an opportunity to see them live at Roadburn a few years ago, and uh, it, it was... Uh, I, I got really emotional during their set man it was like yeah i i imagine that that was an experience i never thought i'd see them ever man because as far as i know they never came to the states except for this tour that happened in the early 90s and right uh, actually this a friend of mine ron uh ron martinez who um he runs a booking agency called crawl space booking and um he's he's the singer in uh final conflict and you know he's like a Right. old school kind of guy and he used to book this club out out in um in la uh called chain reaction and he booked fields of the nephilim and Soundgarden on part of that tour well that's pretty cool right isn't that like a yeah amazing show <laughs> that's pretty crazy yeah you know like 1991 or whenever that tour happened you know yeah so sister that's the name of the um the the uh, in solitude record that I should check out. Yeah, third record. Third yeah. record. Okay. You know you know what band I'm really bummed about is um, obviously uh, Devil's Blood. I mean uh, you know that's right. Tragic what happened with that band and and um, yeah. 
such a unique sound. And, and I remember um, seeing him on this that tour, Watain and Behemoth and, and, uh, and In Solitude. And it was like such a powerful bill. And unfortunately, um, De you know, Devil's Blood had like the, one of the opening slots, so they didn't really get to play that long. And I could have I watched a whole set of theirs for like an hour at least, yeah. you know. Yeah. That was that that tour was also cool because I think that um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Salim also was playing guitar for Watain on that tour. Yes, like a guitar or something. So you know that made their set even cooler. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, and like his his solo at the end of Waters of Vine on uh, Lawless Darkness is like probably the highlight. <laughs> of that Watain record. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's tragic, man. Lose, lose such a talent yeah. like that, you know? So this uh, brings us into the home stretch and, uh, you know, almost predictably we're going to round out this set with uh, Sam Hain, the howl. So here we go. Every kill is pain. 
one's probably my favorite song off that record, man, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably mine, too. You know, it's funny because uh, I wasn't that, you know, back, back when Sam Hain was around, you know, there, there wasn't really the awareness of, uh, like, news, especially in, in the underground, like, music world, you know, so sometimes information traveled very slowly, you know, it was word of mouth, or you'd read about it in a zine, and, uh, you know, it's the transition between Sam Hain into the Danzig, you know, Danzig, it's essentially the same band, you know what I mean? It's like, right, yeah. It, I didn't know that at the time when, it, when, uh, when the yeah. first Danzig record came out, you know? Well, around this point, I would probably ask you uh, what uh, you guys have going on, but uh, I'm, I'm assuming that, <laughs> <laughs> that a whole a whole lot of waiting. Yeah. Do you have uh, Do you have any plans for the Halloween season, or even that's just kind of a damper put on that too? Yeah, I mean, pretty much no no uh, awesome plans. Like I, I normally travel and stuff like that, but you know. Most everything is not happening this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So yeah. Well, thanks for uh, spending time. Appreciate it. Thanks for the for the playlist and. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. I'll talk to you guys next week. That's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.